Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to what is known as the dark period in the NFL offseason. The <laughs> second right. week after the Super Bowl. That's This is basically, like like you said, the dark period. It's the dark ages. <clears throat> there might be some contagious infectious diseases out there. So be careful if you find fleas on your floor. Those are... Those are just starved NFL fans because there's no football to watch yeah. other than the XFL right now. Sad. Rumors of faraway lands of milk and honey. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Right, you know, the, you, you have to be listening to going, Cal- going to California by Led Zeppelin over and over again just so you feel like <laughs> something is close to you that right. makes sense, you know. Um, this, is, this is it, man. So get ready to... Well, strap in, lock yourselves down, because we're going to be scraping at the bottom of this barrel. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a stoner out there, this means that you scrape that bond, because that's what we're doing. We're looking for resin. That's what we're doing, Trevor. We're looking for the best resin you can possibly find. And, Heck yeah. Um, well, it wouldn't be an NFL offseason if we didn't talk about Aaron Rodgers. And I know <laughs> you're smiling from ear to ear, and the laugh indicates no sarcasm. Um, <clears throat> well, Trevor, there was a report that was leaked well, let's see here. It was last week, last Friday, quote-unquote, from Bob McGinn, who has covered the Packers for decades, according to ProFootballTalk.com. He sent in a podcast with Tyler Dunn. I don't know either of these people, but he's from GoLongTouchdown.com. That's about as good his name as football in general. But nonetheless, <laughs> the, that the team is ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Stop me if you've heard this before. And I'll go into the quote before you stop me. Quote, unquote, they are done with Rodgers, McGinn said, citing his own instincts, his knowledge of the league, and discussions with somebody who has first-hand knowledge of the Packers. He's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him, and they're done with him. They're moving on. McGinn added that he is totally convinced that Rodgers won't be back as a starter, which, Trevor, that means Jordan Lovear is going to start, um, well, not early, but maybe right on time, maybe late. In Green Bay, and if if you were the owner of the Packers, which doesn't exist because they're owned by fans, which is a really stupid concept, but that's for another podcast I've talked about years ago. What would what is your reaction to this story? Are you surprised? I I mean I'm I'm a little surprised to uh, to hear it in, in so strong a language. Um, I I definitely I, I don't think it's difficult. I think most people understand where these sentiments come from because Rogers is such a he's such a pain in the ass uh, for the Packers. You know, um, he's this amazing Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, um, multiple MVP winner. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he he he's not as as great an asset to the team as he could be and it and it he's always at his worst at this time of year um you know he 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 pulls away he pulls attention away from uh other issues that that the uh Packers front office could be focusing on um but uh you know the 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 surprising part of this is that is that the Packers think that they'll be better off without him, which is very hard to believe as, as much as I can criticize Aaron Rodgers and, and, and what he doesn't do for the team that, that, that you'd expect a quarterback like this to do for the team. Um, the, the, the future without Aaron Rodgers, maybe, 
maybe they're looking further ahead than I am, but uh, and and certainly you know money always plays a big part in things like this. But uh, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers is going to be not great, not competitive. <laughs> um, and uh, as a Vikings fan, I, I I fully expect to just eat those words next season when they when they do well without Aaron Rodgers. Um, but it's when you when you look at all the variables that I can see, uh, it the thing that makes the most sense is to you know, coddle this quarterback and get him back under center because you can't just draft a new one and expect him to be as good as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. And and frankly, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be there. I, I I think if he was going to develop into a replacement for Aaron Rodgers, they would have moved on from him sooner, you know, with all the headaches that he causes. So it's uh, it's an interesting headline. It's an interesting story. But uh, you know, as 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 a <clears throat> fan of the NFC North, you know it's you know Bears fans, Lions fans, Vikings fans, uh, try not to grin too hard at the situation. Uh, but uh, if you're a Packers fan, I just I I feel terrible for you because there's it, it feels like a lose lose situation. Um, but uh, I still think the best path forward for that team and for Aaron Rodgers is to work it out and take another shot with Aaron Rodgers in the pack. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, two legendary quarterbacks for the Green Bay Packers have left on such odd terms. Brett Favre 15 years ago, Aaron Rodgers potentially this year. Um, is it, is it, is it just a sign that without a, a, a an owner, the players basically run the asylum? You know, because if Brett Favre forced his way out the way he did, and Aaron Rodgers is sort of doing the same, and it's very public in both cases, do you think this situation would be different if they actually had an owner who was who had some integrity and was present, and not like sixty five thousand people that own a dollar share? In the, in the team. I, I, I see what you mean. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's no guarantee that, that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers would be handling it any differently. But, uh, but I do think that, yeah, if you had, you know, a, a solidified, a singular ownership, uh, you probably wouldn't get so much drama in, in the media. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, I didn't even think about this, but do you think, or is it possible that it's just because there's nothing, I mean, obviously there's Milwaukee and Wisconsin, but this is Green Bay we're talking about. I, I don't really know. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I, I, I don't, I have no idea what, what the proximity is between the two. You know, I'm sure they're like an hour or two apart. It's probably, most. it's probably the only city with an NFL team that I would be less than confident I could point out on a map. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You know, just throw a dart in Wisconsin. That's like I, I know is, what but... state it's in, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where it ends. Um, it's Green yeah. Bay. I would hope it's uh, you know along the the coast, Great Lake coast, but who knows? <laughs> could could be a could be alongside of some river or lake that was um, right. contaminated by a tannery for several years, and it's green. So I, I really <laughs> have no idea. 
Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I just, I wonder with, you know, there's just nothing that goes on there. And like, if they just love this drama, I, you know, if like the Green Bay media is, they're just like pot stirrers, which all media is, but especially in Green Bay, just because it's Green Bay and I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks are good. <laughs> You know, like, what else you got going on up there? I mean, is it just worth, like, speculating about Aaron Rodgers all the time and Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekust or whatever you say his name and Matt LaFleur? Is it just worth stirring that pot constantly because there's just nothing else going on? Is What is it about this? Because it's been going on for... Or is it Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is he that much of a diva? I mean, which he seems like he is. But is it enhanced by the Green Bay media and... Just the fact that there's nothing else going on there, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's really. I, I hesitate to speculate on those things because it's it's a real slippery slope to, you know, labeling Aaron Rodgers <laughs> as somebody that, you know, could never leave Green Bay because he, then he would he might not be the biggest deal in town. Um, right. I'm sure he'll be a big deal wherever he ends up, if he even ends up. You know, the, these these headlines are really fun this time of year, these stories. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's been speculation on where he'd go for years now, every year. And uh, I, I think the smart money is still on. He's he's going to be the drama queen in Green Bay again. Um <laughs> It just doesn't make sense, especially for the Packers. It doesn't make sense to move on from him. Um, now, from Aaron Rodgers' point of view, uh, it could make a lot of sense, the right situation with the right franchise, uh, if he wants to you know, try and, try and end his career with a bang, you know, go someplace where he thinks he'd be in line for back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, that could make a lot of sense. But, uh, mm-hmm. but for Green Bay and the uh, – I don't know, board of directors, whoever makes the decisions there. Um, <laughs> it, it does not make sense to do anything yeah. but work it out. Uh, and if you've got him under yeah. contract, you, you don't have, what's the plan to move on from him? You, you save, you know, X amount of dollars and it's a big X, but like, what's the, are you going to go buy Lamar Jackson? What are, what are you going to do? Um <clears throat> So I, I just I don't think that there's any answer out there for Green Bay other than to work things out with their with their you know whiny toddler of a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. So yeah, I mean you know the board of directors meets uh, bi-monthly at a an Oshkosh in a in a diner. Um, you know, <laughs> just, just see how many people they can get in there. But it's. Um, it's interesting. He's on the books for $59.3 million this year. Uh, certainly, they would save some money. Maybe there'd be a dead cap charge. Not really sure how that works. I just see the number here. Um, you know, what is he worth? $59 million. They're going to trade him to somebody. He's going to play maybe another year. You know? Yeah. Maybe. Um, and then, and then. so what is he worth? I mean, you got to give up a ton of money. You, you're not going to, they're not going to get a high draft pick for him. But, I mean, what is he worth? I mean, yeah, I, I, so you, you gave him this huge contract extension. Was it last year or two years ago? Yeah, Um, last year. Yeah, yeah, just this absurdly large contract that I think they, I think they have him under contract for another three seasons. 
Um, crazy. Which which is wishful thinking at best that he's going to be competitive for another three seasons. Um, it could happen, but I, I don't I don't think it will. Um, but yeah, I I feel like you know he's got a chance. I, I you know the the division is getting tougher. It's it's not the cakewalk that he that he used to have, um, but it's still not some you know insurmountable you know NFC East AFC East division or, or AFC West. It's a it's a very winnable division for somebody of his abilities. Um, and uh, you know they they looked they looked a lot better at the end of the season than they did at the beginning of the season. Everybody knows it. I'm not going to deny it. Uh, so I, I think the best thing is for both sides, but especially the Packers, is to if he would just buy in during the off season and and reassure some people. Uh, what, what would that do for the free agent market, bringing people <laughs> to Green Bay? Because right now I, I think that's a huge hurdle for them to like, if they wanted to bring in Bobby Wagner, uh, who just got released, uh, it'd be so much easier if they had their house in order, but they don't. And it's like this every season. Now, every off season, uh, you know, the, the, the headlines out of green Bay aren't, you know, beefing up the defense through free agency or bringing in the missing piece on the O-line. Uh, not that was a bad example because their O-line is pretty good. Uh, but you, you see what I'm saying? It's, he, he stands in the way of that organization who lacks central leadership of making the sort of moves that puts you on a real path towards dominating in the postseason. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but <clears throat> it was funny. Like you're talking about, <laughs> there would be like uh, headlines of they, they finally squared up the O-line. They got, a star defensive lineman <laughs> or something. And I click on this article on profootballfocus.com. Aaron Rodgers has concluded his darkness retreat. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And I just it's, can't help but laugh ridiculous. at it. It's ridiculous. And if you just read the comments, it just says, the first one says, Rodgers is still in the dark despite leaving the facility. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> another per- another That's person, great. That's a great uh, only, headline. <laughs> only a weird rich person would pay to go in the box, quote, unquote. <laughs> So, you know, it's, he's, yeah, he's a weird rich person. You know, it's, it's, it's just nauseating. I I mean, he did the ayahuasca retreat, didn't help him worth a damn during the season. And you, like, you hit the nail on the head. If he just committed to the off-season workouts and was there, you can't help but wonder what kind of impact that might have in terms of the team having more continuity or players wanting to play harder, him being invested, him being in good shape for the season or just sort of being present, um, which I'm sure his darkness retreat provided him a lot of grounding and mindfulness. I'm not doubting that these things aren't helpful if there's listeners out there that do weird 300-square-foot room, no natural light, dark, silent retreats with just a meditation mat and food, and apparently a bathroom that doesn't have a light either. So go figure, right? I don't don't know how that works, but, um, you know, it's, it's enough to just make you laugh. I don't know what to say. It's the it's always the most compelling story every off season for the last four years. And at this point, the the, the fan base just must be exhausted. And if I was Aunt Merrill, I'd return my one dollar investment in that franchise. So, but <laughs> I hate to just keep cracking jokes. I just think it's the worst 
way to run a franchise is if you have it's cute. It's adorable. You can buy the Green Bay Packers for $50, Aunt Merrill. You gotta pay now, right? And we'll put your name on a plaque. You, know, you get something in the mail. And you can put it up on the wall and say, I own the Green Bay Packers, right? It's, that's adorable. But right. let's be honest. It's, it's not conducive to a, to a franchise, successful franchise. It's never been successful for them. And uh, other than winning the Super Bowl, I guess, that one year, but they've gone to the NFC Championship game. It's never been fruitful. You can blame Aaron Rodgers all you want. What it comes down to is that he's, he's running amok. Brett Favre did the same thing. There was, there's, no, oh, there's no accountability. Who cares? They got CEO, Mark Murphy. He's a tool. They got a GM that doesn't give a crap. You know? I, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. So this is, this is the, they've kind of made their bet here, you know? And hopefully they can trade him, but he's worth $60 million this year. And um, the only team apparently that's interested in him as, as far as this moment is the New York Jets. And they certainly have the money well, and the capital. And I, I just wonder how that's Wouldn't work, that just you know? be hilarious? Because that's exactly where Brett Favre went when he left was the Jets. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Right, right. And they're in win-now mode. They got a bunch of rookies. We talked about them last week about Scare Wilson and... You know, Sauce Gardner and uh, Brees Hall. I mean, they got the. It seems like they got no, the right it, foundation it, without a quarterback. So, so it makes sense for the Jets, and it makes sense for Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make for me. It, it still comes back to it doesn't make sense for the Packers who have him under contract. Like I don't know why the right. Packers would. I mean, the, the the I I I can't imagine what the Packers' plan would be where that fits in. I don't think any of us can really answer that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. It'd be it'd be so. fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch because yeah, yeah the, the Jets are looking uh like a real complete team with one glaring need and that's the most important player on the roster. Um but right. other than that, like they're young, they're talented, that defense uh that defense can play with any team in the league. Um and yeah, they've got weapons. We were talking just a couple of weeks ago about how they've got the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year, and that's with the front runner for offensive rookie of the year leaving the season early. So uh, yeah, there's there's just uh, there's a lot of weapons, uh, a complimentary defense. But that's another thing, you know. I, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, you can't make any more excuses for him. That's always been. His two biggest ones is, oh, he doesn't have weapons. Oh, he doesn't have a defense. And it's like, I think he kind of likes having those excuses in place for when he doesn't deliver. But, uh, but that could be the, uh, the vitriol in me from being a Vikings fan for so many years. Um, so I, I'm not sure I can be completely objective when it comes to that. A little darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about Aaron Rodgers. I think we've spent enough time, 20 minutes, talking about Aaron Rodgers. So let's oh, move man. on to another disgruntled quarterback, because that's basically the discussion today. Derek Carr visited the New York Jets New Orleans Saints this this uh, week, maybe? Yes, yeah, between this week and last week since we last year on the pod. Trevor, why should I care about Kirk Cousins? I mean, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Uh, we'll come back to Kirk. Uh, no, yeah. uh, Derek Carr, I think... Uh, you know, it, it'll it'll be forgotten soon that he had this amazing uh, skills performance at the 
Pro Bowl skills, uh, you know, competition. But uh, but really, it. Uh, I think we have to care about Derek Carr because, and I sound like a broken record, especially for this time of year. Uh, you'll hear me say it over and over in the off season. It's a quarterback hungry league. There's not enough uh, guaranteed good starting quarterbacks out there. You, there's there's always gonna, right now. There's always going to be teams that uh, that don't start or don't finish the season with the quarterback they started with, and it's not necessarily going to be due to injury. Um, Derek Carr is not. You know, he he might not be a top fifteen quarterback. But he's also not a bottom five quarterback in this league, so he's going to land somewhere. Um, the Jets definitely like that. That is the one spot where they they just have to be better than they were this past season. And Derek Carr, whether you love him or you hate him, he's going to be an improvement on that roster. Um, and uh, the same could be said for the New Orleans Saints. Um, the New Orleans Saints are you know, less exciting because, because I can't describe them the way I described the Jets as having just a really, really complete team with the exception of quarterback. So Derek Carr at the Jets, uh, it makes him competitive. Maybe not as competitive as, as Aaron Rodgers at the Jets. I'd say certainly not. Uh, but still, I think Derek Carr would be a huge improvement from what they had on the field last year. So <clears throat> Experts expect car- Carr's free agent the free agency to be quote unquote a long process. <laughs> so not a top fifteen quarterback. <clears throat> Certainly not a bottom five. His QBR I think was like fourteenth last year. So he was like hovering around middle of the pack. Yeah, middle um, of the pack. Yeah. You know the only reason I joked that said I mean what you know, what should I care about Derek uh Kirk Cousins, I mean Derek Carr because that's what I'm seeing here. He's a, he's a guy that can put up some stats. He's accurate. Uh, pretty good Pretty good at throwing the ball. Like, his mechanics of throwing the ball are nice. He's not a leader, right? He does, he's not a rah-rah guy. He doesn't, get the, he doesn't make everybody better around him. He just is a guy. He's just a right. guy. And you're not wrong. I mean, this, this league is certainly quarterback starving. I mean, we had, like... Uh, God, the the cavalcade of quarterbacks that played for New York and Houston last year, and even New Orleans to some degree. And jeez, um, I mean, you could probably go through a litany of other teams. You know, even New England's had to start. You know, Brian Hoyer, and then uh, Zappy Fever happens, and you know, we all lost our minds because of that. I still haven't recovered mine, but it's <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a league that desperately craves talent at that position. Uh, it just, you know, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I, it kind of makes me cringe at the idea of anybody paying him like thirty or forty million dollars a year to just go like, you know, ten and seven. <laughs> right, right. That's that's a ceiling. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, no, and that's the thing. If if Derek Carr is part of your championship recipe, he's not. He's not the focal point. Um, and uh, you need to be as good or better on defense than you are on offense right. if, if you're going to go all the way with Derek Carr. Um, and I, I feel the same way about Kirk Cousins. I think, I think Kirk Cousins, you know, he, he gets a little uh, unfair criticism, but not, not a lot, you know. Um, 
the the Vikings are going to have to improve massively on defense if they're going to go the distance with Kirk Cousins. They could certainly make the playoffs again. Uh, they could even win the division next year. But uh, but the defense has to be upgraded. The, the Vikings finished with the second worst regular season defense in the league. Um, so, you know, there's... There's not many places to go but up. They could they could go down one spot, but uh, but yeah, quarterbacks like that, you you need you really need uh, a, a a superstar defense, uh, and and that's just not that's just not the recipe right now. You know, look at the two teams that were in the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know the 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 Eagles definitely helped their quarterback more on defense, in my opinion, than the Chiefs did. But those teams have quarterbacks that that the players and the fans and the coaches, everybody believes in uh, that they can go out there and be the best player in a game. Uh, and you know, in the Super Bowl, uh, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. It really did come down to him. Um, and uh, you know my my Super Bowl pick for most of the season, the the Bengals, they have a quarterback like that. Um, we had discussed before whether or not a run first team could make it to the Super Bowl, um, but whether or not you're a run first team or a pass first team, I think you really do have to have an elite quarterback in in this modern NFL. I just don't see you getting there. Uh, on the strength of the rest of your, now the rest of the roster is important. I don't want to take away uh, from how important that is, but it just it's hard to imagine a team going with Kirk Cousins, going with Derek Carr, um, you know, any of these middle of the road quarterbacks. that just you just need one of the one of the really good ones. So so yeah, if, if the Jets got Derek Carr, if New Orleans got Derek Carr. There better be a plan in place to upgrade even from Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm like, I cringe at the idea of paying him $30, $40 million, where you know what you're going to get with him. And granted, maybe he needs better pieces or better coaching, and maybe he'd be better. Is he going to be top 10? No. And well, so, you know, to, to be fair to Derek Carr, he, he played for the Raiders. Uh, through changing cities, uh, changing coaches, major major coach scandals, all these things. Um, so you know, yeah, definitely not an ideal situation. But he also had really, I think, you know, pretty good defense, pretty great weapons uh, on offense there, and uh, and I don't think he got the most out of that roster that that a really great quarterback could. Right. Right. And I, I, I just, you know, if it was me, like, and I, you know, I, and I will be a football GM one day, one of these days. I get a lot of calls all the time. I just don't really answer them. Um, but if it was me, I, I would, I just draft a guy. You know you're going to get in Derek Carr. And we, we just talked about what you just can't – Maybe you you maybe you get to the Super Bowl. I I, I don't know, uh, but you're not gonna. I don't think you win it considering you got to go against Burrow, Herbert, um, Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen. 
I, Jalen Hurts we saw is incredible. Trevor Lawrence is on the up. You know, so if you're not one of those quarterbacks, you can't. You just can't compete. There's just no way if you don't have one of those quarterbacks on your on your roster. I think I so see what I, you're saying. Like, why not take a shot? Why not just draft at, a guy at, yeah. at finding the next guy? You know, the 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 Joe Burrows that nobody knows he's going to be the next Joe Burrow because right. um, right. those things happen. Um, I right. see your point. I I, there, I can't say no. I, I think the only the only counter to that is. Uh, you know, a perspective of doing the best you can for that particular fan base. Um, because there's, uh, you know, go, going the route of just taking shots at the, at the draft. Um, there's higher upside than, than what you know you get with Derek Carr, but there's also a much lower floor than what you get with Derek Carr. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if, if it's only about, going all the way then yeah it makes a lot more sense to to draft somebody young see if lightning strikes yeah what why not <laughs> well it's good you know your ceiling with Derek Carr um at least we, we believe we know the ceiling of Derek Carr and right. if it is only the first or second round then that's purgatory you know you'll be like a six or seven seed that's that is NFL purgatory Right, NHL, because you know? because at that point, and nobody wants to see a team tank, but uh, but when you make the playoffs and don't go all the way, you're really hurting your your ability to go out and get a top prospect in the draft. But but if you're in the Jets position, right, and you're in the middle of the first round this year, I think they're like thirteen or fourteen pick overall. I, mm. I think they have a first round pick. I hope so. I'm I think sure. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It, so that's. That's high enough to maybe trade into seven and get a guy. You're not going to oh, be yeah, able to go can, up to two up. Or, or one, right? But, I mean, Chicago has the first overall pick this year. You never know. Um, you know, you can get Anthony Richardson from Florida. You can get Will Levis from Kentucky. You know, you can get, um, I, don't, I don't know, obviously Bryce Young, I think, would already be picked by then. There's another kid that's that is getting a lot of uh, hype right now, but... Um, I can't remember his name, but nonetheless, I mean, you, you, you can get some of these guys. You can, you can, and, and this is a guy, when we talk about the draft, and like, I'm not a big draft guy. I love the draft. I just don't follow college football close enough as I should, but Hedden Hooker from Tennessee towards ACL. Will is a senior. Will be in the draft. He'll probably be a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, he looked like Jalen Hurts most of the year, you know? I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, he, he definitely so could I, be worth stashing on an NFL roster. Yeah. Yeah, I, and and then you strike lightning there, but obviously that would be like more rare, or there'd be less less of a chance of that happening than getting Anthony Richardson, yeah. who just looks like an absolute baller. Maybe, you know? maybe the so I, maybe the Broncos could draft him, and Sean Payton can turn him <laughs> into the next Taysom Hill. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, or they just pick up Aaron Rodgers and just stack that quarterback room. But you know, it's <laughs> um, it's I I I don't. Uh, yeah, I just don't get the Derek Carr hype. It's going to be a long for agency. Somebody will pay him, and and he should get paid. I'm not saying he shouldn't be on an NFL roster. If it was me running a team, I had an opportunity to get Derek Carr. You wouldn't uh, you wouldn't find me doing it. I just wouldn't. I'd trade back into the first round. Um, get somebody that's worth either developing or that's going to play immediately. Get a better team around him, knowing that I have some money like New York Jets do. Sign some more guys. Get that rookie up and running. Um, maybe you wait a few weeks and play Joe Flacco, and then you're in the same position you were this year. But 
don't know. You're going to trade Zach Wilson in any way? It's not, yeah, it's not enough for me to pay Derek Carr 30, 40 million a year when I could get two or three guys in the free agency market and draft a quarterback. That's not, that's, that's, it's not enough push for me. That doesn't push me over the hump. Because you still have to go through Burrow, Herbert, um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, and the AFC, you know? And and Deshaun Watson, um, you know, like, he could have a comeback here next year. Cleveland could be really good. It's just a absolutely stacked conference for quarterbacks. Maybe Mac Jones plays better with Bill O'Brien. So that's like, Tua, and you have Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and that's so much quarterback talent in one conference. Derek Card barely puts you in the top eight teams. You see what I'm saying? I don't get right, it. Right. So, although you anywho, know, talking yeah. again about how quarterback starved this league is, um, I feel some doubt starting to creep in on the uh, the longevity of Tua Tagovailoa's career. I hate to say right. it because because I think he's really fun to watch, especially on that offense with those weapons. Um, but you know, no team is safe, and even the Dolphins have to have an eye towards the future as to you know who's going to be their quarterback if uh, if Tua can't stay on the field for 17 games. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Maybe he goes to Miami. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe he does. Who knows? Who knows? Right. It's possible. Um, if if anything, it's I just you know I I'd hate to see a team pay so much money for him. You know, it's going to get a, a lot of publicity, and it just it, it just it goes ten and seven. I mean, good God, you know, just just crucify me now. Um, but here's another story, Trev. Curious your take on it. Maybe we should report it. First, there are reports coming out of Baltimore that Lamar Jackson will hold out um, for the season. May not play the season. Sit out for the season if he's tagged this week. Um, there's been a lot of reports that Lamar Jackson's out of Baltimore. He's going to go to Atlanta. I don't know why specifically Atlanta, but... You could answer me that question if you want. He's from Atlanta. I don't really know. But um, Lamar Jackson on the move. There's a guy I pay money for. That's a guy oh. I would drop $40, $50 million for. Absolutely. Um, there's there's not many teams that wouldn't, wouldn't be better with Lamar Jackson on their roster. Uh, but again, it, and, uh, you know, here we go again. Play the record one more time. It's such a quarterback-starved league. That when when anybody has a player like this, it it I, I can't understand why you would move on from a player that's so hard to get. You know, Baltimore they don't want to end up in a situation like Green Bay where they break the bank on that crucial player and and then can't put a team around him. Um, but the, it, it doesn't make any sense to me for the for the Ravens to move on from him. They've got to do whatever they have to, and uh, and get Lamar Jackson on the field. Uh, with with him on the field, they're a contender. They're they're in a window uh, for a championship with him. And without him, they're they are the New Orleans Saints. They are the New York Jets. Um, so not not even the New York Jets. Uh, mm. with, without Lamar Jackson. So, you know, it it really only makes sense for them to do whatever they have to to uh, to get him happy, to get him bought in, uh, because you don't you don't just move on for, you know, 
what what do you do? Beef up the rest of the roster? That's just not going to work. You've got to have that crucial piece in place. I've even heard uh, rumblings about Chicago moving on from Justin Fields. Uh, and I'm not putting him in the same category as the rest of these guys, but I think he could be. And with sure. the top overall draft pick, uh, it makes more sense, in my opinion, for a team like the Bears to, you know, maybe trade out of that number one overall spot to have more draft picks because they have so many needs across the rest of their roster. But you have the most important piece in place. That's a quarterback. Like, move on from there. Quit quit trying to, uh, you know, find an alternate solution when you've got the guy. Uh, and that's the way I see the Baltimore Ravens right now. It's like you have the guy that you need figure out the rest how how you will but uh letting deshaun watson go letting deshaun watson sit out a year that's the worst thing that the the ravens could do they get nothing for him (laughs) then they have to trade him and they would get a king's ransom for him and uh whoever signs him he look he's he's looking to get a five-year fully guaranteed contract similar to deshaun watson got um the franchise tag is $46 million this year for a quarterback. Here's, here's the craziest part about it, right? So they could have signed him two years ago. In that same time, there's like five quarterbacks that signed, that signed basically like $50 million a year contracts, annual value. And they could have yeah. got him for like 40 like yeah. two years ago. No, they, or whatever, so they, maybe they've less. Been, they've been screwing up. Lamar Jackson's been betting on himself. And uh, even with the year that he had this last year, not being his best, uh, not being healthy the whole time. Uh, I still think he's in a real position of power and, uh, you know, the, the, the Ravens might be paying more for him now than they could have, but I still think that the Ravens will regret it if they, if they don't pony up. Right. Right. It's probably, I mean, would you say it's the biggest, mishandling of a court of a player on a, a, an important player on a team that we've seen in a long time. I mean, they, they completely bungled this. I mean, they the, the only, the only thing that feels similar is if you can think back to a time before all the massage scandals, and that would be how Houston handled Deshaun Watson. Um, right. Just, just screwed it up. Um, now that in hindsight doesn't look as bad because of the scandals, um, and uh, you know the Texans are better off without that kind of media and that kind of energy in the locker room, what have you. Um, but yeah, the, the the Ravens are really, really messing up. It's crazy. Um, and so let's talk about what a package would look like. I mean, you got to figure 2023, 2024, 2025, first round picks. Uh, and possibly a second or third somewhere. So three first rounders, a couple of uh, mid round picks for a guy, 26 years old, Lamar Jackson, former MVP. We know how he plays. Um, become a much better passer, great playmaker. Is he worth that much? Well, that's where it gets real tricky uh, because yeah. you just, you know, the draft capital is, it's capital, it's valuable stuff. Uh, but, you know, you spend uh, a first-round pick on a Johnny Manziel and uh, definitely wasn't worth it. Um, if there's anything wrong so with yeah, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> uh, there's not 
not one thing wrong with Johnny Manziel. Um, right. But, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's where this stuff gets really interesting. Is, you know, do, you, do you draft really well? Are you, are you getting value for that draft capital? Um, and, you know, the, the Ravens really used to be a team that, that you could count on <laughs> to get a lot out of their draft. Um, but, uh, you know, this mishandling of Lamar Jackson seems to fall right in line with, uh, what was his name, Ozzie? Ozzie Smith, yeah. Yeah, who no, who's no... No, Ozzie... Uh, uh, Newsom? Yeah. Yeah, Ozzie yeah, Newsom. Yeah, he, yeah, so yeah. Him, him moving on... <laughs> Like I'm not sure I'm not sure that the that the the Ravens draft is going to hit as well as it has historically and and they just man they they really should have locked a good thing in when they knew they had it um, because yeah two years ago you already knew what you had with Lamar Jackson um, so holding out thinking that you know he could get him for less money is ridiculous. And thinking that you're going to be better off moving on from him is even more ridiculous. So, crazy. I think they, I mean, who, I think they just need to work out this contract, restructure the rest of the roster the way you have to, and then, uh, and then start looking at draft capital and and how you're going to fix different different roster spots. But you've got the most important piece in place. Figure that out and move right. on. Right. Right, right. I, you think that would that would be an easy thing to say, right? I, I mean, in Baltimore, never does this. They they don't mishandle contracts. They draft very well. They have for several years. Um, they do a great job of, you know, stocking the the cabinet right with veterans and up and coming players. They seem to always be in contention. They got Jim Harbaugh for Christ's sakes, you know, John Harbaugh. I don't know his name. One of, <laughs> one of them Harbaugh's, and they just mishandled this. And we talk about the quarterback position being the most important position in sports, especially in a quarterback starved league like the NFL. <laughs> you can't just replace Lamar Jackson. What would they do? I mean, of course they would have to draft somebody. They're not going to get somebody that's, that was as ready as he was coming out of college that contributed yeah. as much as he did in year two. Not immediately. You know, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> it's, um, and whether or not you want to argue if he could actually get a, a team to the Super Bowl, I mean, he was, you can't argue that he's a top 10 quarterback. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, you, can't, and that, you can't argue that. You know, if, if, if a team like the Ravens move on from a player like Lamar Jackson, uh, it's, it's devastating to the fans because deep down everybody knows that you're not playing for this season. You just You can't be. It's, you know, we're we're we've, we're going to have to, you know, strike on some some uh, some draft choices, and maybe in a few years, uh, if we're lucky, we'll be back where we were. But uh, but that's the truth. If, if if a team like that moves on from from what they have with Lamar Jackson, uh, it's like starting over, and and that just it doesn't feel good. No, it is not, sir. And I'll tell you what doesn't feel good either. If you're a veteran in the NFL and you're making a lot of money and you get cut before free agency, that doesn't feel good either. So, Trevor, let's visit some potential cutties, if you will, for the NFL offseason here. A lot of veterans that come to mind, 
ones that we know very well, seem to be on the back nine of their career potentially. Um, well, the first one on the list, I think a lot of us know fairly well. I, it's amazing that he's 27, which is basically um, 65 in running back years. Ezekiel Elliott is a cap casualty, that's what they call him, potentially with a 2023 cap number $17 million. Um, could be a guy on the way out. Could, could yeah, well, and and especially for that position, you brought up his age. Um, you know, I as a fan of the game, I'm I'm ready to move on from him. I I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I don't believe in Zeke Elliott anymore. I, I wouldn't touch him in a, in a fantasy draft. Um, and so, you know, it makes sense to me that the Cowboys have have you know faced the music. And and he's not worth what they've he hasn't been worth what they've been paying him for two or three years now, um, so yeah they they need to move on from him and and from the player's perspective uh, if he wants to keep playing uh, he he needs to you know if he wants to to do you know three more seasons then he really does need to be the number two back somewhere making number two back money. Um, and and you know, I, I completely understand if if uh, you know if, if I'm Zeke Elliott, uh, I don't want to stop playing. I, I want to be on a team that goes the distance. You know that, that's what every player wants is to be on a team that gets to hold up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season. Um, for Zeke Elliott, with his abilities and and his age, he, he can't do that as the number one back. But he could do it as the number two or even the number three back on a team like. Kansas City that can never have enough running back depth, um, so that that's where I see him. He needs to uh, he needs to take his place in the back of the backfield. Oh, pun intended. Coming at you with hot puns. Talk about hot takes. Got we hot go. puns, man. Ready to serve them up, right? Hot cross puns. Um, <clears throat> a couple guys you're familiar with, Trevor, um, and a Minnesota team that's in danger of some some cap issues like they have to get below the the cap threshold in the next week they're 24 million dollars above it they got eric kendricks a potential cap casualty making 2012 million dollars 2020 2023 it's easy for me to say harrison smith at 20 million in 2023 both guys with big dead cape dead cap dead cap numbers if they were to be cut without restructuring um, and a Minnesota team that could be, well, we talked about their defense not being very good all season, as you mentioned earlier in the pod. Here we are talking about a couple of guys that were contributors that could be on the way out, and maybe that's the best thing for them. What do you think? Yeah, it, it could be the best thing for everyone involved, and I hate to say it because uh, I love these guys, uh, especially Harrison Smith. I've been a huge fan uh, since his first season. You know, We drafted him uh, out of Notre Dame, and he's just been uh, – He's been everything that you want in a in an NFL safety. Just opportunistic, physical. Um, you know, he's the kind of safety that that make a a, a wide receiver flinch. Um, but uh, but yeah, these guys, you know, they're not they're not young NFL rock stars anymore. Um, as much as I love them, as much as I want to focus on on the plays where they make big impacts and make the big play. Uh, they're, they're just not, they're not worth that money anymore. Um, so as a Vikings fan, I would love to see, 
them take a restructured deal to stay on the team for less money, uh, and, and we can bring in some young guys as well and, and, uh, and develop those guys for, for seasons to come. But, uh, but also, um, as much as I hate to admit it, I, I just uh, until we make some real roster upgrades, I don't see the Vikings going all the way. I would love to see Harrison Smith win a Super Bowl, and maybe he could do it with a team like the Eagles or the 49ers um, or the Bengals, you know, some, somewhere that, that can really uh, stash him, put him, put him in the secondary as depth. Um, but whether he stays with the Vikings or goes to a team that's in a window, he's going to have to make less money if he wants to stay in the league. That's the only way I see it. Um, so, yeah, it, it breaks my heart because I love those players. I really do. Kendricks, uh, Smith, they're, they're amazing. They've had amazing careers. Um, I, I didn't like seeing Anthony Barr go to Dallas last year, and I didn't like seeing uh, Linval Joseph go to San Diego the year before that. But th- these sort of things happen with these, these guys that are so good on defense, you just can't keep them. You know, and that, right. that's the hardest part about putting together a really dominant defense is uh, it's hard to do it without superstars and superstars demand money. So, yeah, the, the Vikings with like I said already, they finished second to last in the regular season on overall defense. So something has to change. A lot of things have to change. Um, and so these are some obvious moves, especially when. As you said, it's a team that's really struggling to get under the salary cap right now. Yeah, no question. Um, Going to be some tough changes in Minnesota, but maybe for the better because of their defense being so bad, they might they just need some new faces on that team, and some guys oh, yeah. are more athletic or younger. And well, and a, a new defensive league, man, new that's defensive coordinator. I'm very excited about right. Brian Flores, uh, and right. and I'm sure a guy like him has has plans, has ideas. And, uh, and that probably doesn't include, uh, being Gaga for a couple of guys that have been really good in the past with the Vikings. So, um, one kind of lesser known storyline, but worth mentioning as we head out the door here on the, on the podcast tonight, Joe Mixon, potential cap casualty, making $13 million this for 2023. Um, Here's the thing, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins coming up for extensions, Tamar Chase next year. Oh, and by the way, Jesse Bates the third and Von Vell, two of the best safeties in the AFC, are about to hit the open market next month for free agency. You know, he, he, he could restructure. I, I, sir, I, I'm sure they want to keep Joe Mixon around. And granted, that Cincinnati just seems to have a, a penchant for, for drafting and filling needs here and there. But they drafted two safeties last year in Dax Hill. And the kid from Nebraska that played really well in the AFC Championship game, so maybe they're set to replace both those players. But this is not a, this is not talked about a lot. But Cincinnati's young; they got a lot of really young players. They got to pay them, and it's going to get a little dicey over the next couple of years. So it is. What it is? What is their honestly, window looking like? You know. So you know the the this league is always changing and evolving, and I can't specifically point to where this trend began but we are in a league now that you know running the ball is important it can be a real important part of your game but the running back 
himself is is not. Um, right. And, and I don't want to be misunderstood. These players are great. It's good. You want the best running back you can. But, uh, you know, running backs aren't getting $100 million deals anymore, uh, and they shouldn't. Uh, they, they don't have longevity. Um, it's just as much about the passing threat combined with the O-line's ability to run block to, to make these running games work. We, we see it every year where a running back has to leave the game due to injury, and the next man up looks great, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would love to see Joe Mixon stick with the Bengals uh, uh, for less money, uh, trying to get them all the way to the big show again and, and get a win. Um, but, uh, but like you said, they're up against it with paying these other positions that are a lot harder to replace. Um, and I, I absolutely love, uh, Joe Mixon with Samaje P Ryan, the Oklahoma one, two punch. I just, I, I, I'm a huge fan of it, but, uh, but they do have Samaje P Ryan and Samaje P Ryan looked really good when Joe Mixon couldn't play. Um, and how hard would it be to, find a rookie running back in the draft it's not that hard um so as much as i like joe mixon uh it makes a lot of sense to not uh let one of these other pieces go for the sake of holding on to joe mixon yeah yeah you can just scheme i mean that's what kansas city did in the super bowl we watched isaiah pacheco he's a seventh round pick they just schemed him yeah, he's a good or, player. You know, Jarek McKinnon with Jarek that McKinnon, amazing they, play to stay in bounds and not score the touchdown. I love right. that part. Um, but yeah, and, 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 and I love these. I love these stories yeah. of these uh, these running backs that that aren't you know uh, Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, but uh, but they fit in where they fit in, and they're part of of a complete roster, and they 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 make the plays that you need them to, uh, and and. and the, the O-line, the uh, the offensive coordinator, they deserve just as much credit as the guy literally running the ball. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a fun situation to keep an eye on. But, yeah, these are not, uh, you know, the, the days of Adrian Peterson and Arian Foster and guys like that, that's, that's a bygone era. Yeah, no question. You can basically draft a RB1 in round five or six, and they do it all the time. And Absolutely. he did with Tony Pollard two or yep. three years ago for Dallas. I mean, um, Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick. Um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson for New England was a fourth-round pick. Uh, it's you could basically go, basically go down the line. Jonathan Taylor was a fourth-round pick. I, you know, it, it's not hard to find talent at this position. Cincinnati does a good enough job of finding talent at the other positions on the field. They did a great job building the offensive line and the defense. They got Logan Wilson. They got... Uh, Hubbard, the kid from Trey Hendrickson, um, the kid from Ohio State, and the, Eli Apple. <laughs> and anybody really wants to talk about him, but <laughs> you know they've done they've done a good enough job of building where they've need they've needed to. I, I I just think it's such an underrated story, or it's not looked at a lot. You talk about Cincinnati's window. They went to the Super Bowl. They went to the AFC Championship game this year. They're set to lose some guys. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Are they going to be able to pay T Higgins to Jamar Chase? You know, I mean, that's, yeah. they're going to have to pick one. Maybe, maybe they can do two, but they're probably going to have to pick one, you know. Um, and that's, that's big because you're talking about T. Higgins is a wide receiver one on any other team. 
And Jamar Chase right. is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he's going to get paid. You know he's going to get paid. So is T. Higgins going to be one that doesn't? Uh, it's it's very it's a very interesting storyline. Cincinnati goes in this offseason with $35 million in estimated cap space. If they cut Joe Mixon, they add another 10. So they're at $45 million. I mean, their window is basically with this roster. I right? think they could always improve it and make it longer. This roster is next year. That's and that's it. <laughs> yeah. They they're they're that window is open with the players they have right now next year. And and with Joe Burrow it's always open. But I'm saying like realistically, with the guys they've drafted, the things they put together, it's it could be open for the two years. Because of Pat Mahomes and Herbert, and we've talked about all the other quarterbacks. This is very competitive. So if Cincinnati wants to stay in this loop, I, I don't know how they're going to make it work, but well, and there's, they're going to end up having to cut Joe Mixon. There's always so many ways it could go. Even talking about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, it's like, okay, uh, the, the obvious choice may seem to be Jamar Chase. But like you say, T. Higgins, he is an, uh, a wide receiver one. And if you have to move on from one or the other you could get more for Jamar Chase. It, it, it really depends on how the people making the decisions see the landscape. Um, right. right. But, uh, but I think the easiest decision is the Joe Mixon one. It, it's, it's so much easier to replace uh, a running back in this league than it is uh, a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two, uh, or like you said, their safeties. Um, so yeah, as much as I love, the running back position, and I love my my OU running backs. Uh, Joe Mixon probably needs to take less money if he wants to stay on the team and say we're going to go win a championship, um, or if he wants to to make more money, it's it's going to be with somebody else. Yeah, that's that's what it is that's the NFL in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So you know, moving and shaking, and opening cap money, and new faces and. New old old faces and new places, right? That's what they say. So, <laughs> anywho, um, we're out of here, man. This is this is wrapping up this episode. We are going through the dark ages of the NFL season, off season right now. As we, you know, we're on we're on the road. <laughs> we're on the road to August, and we will get there. I swear. Over the next six months, I don't know how that's going to happen. What it'll look like from week to week, but I can guarantee you, there's going to be a lot more Aaron Rodgers talk next week. It might <laughs> even cover the whole show. Right. So. <laughs> So get ready for it. He's going to emerge out of the other dark room that was slightly less dark than the other dark, the other room he was in. And maybe he'll emerge with a decision on his career next time. We will find out. Um, if you like this podcast, please give a like, a subscribe, a review, share it to a friend. Bring it to a, bring it to a dinner. Bring it to a birthday party. It's February, right? We just passed Valentine's Day, but Easter's coming up. Ash Wednesday was two days ago. If you're celebrating Ash Wednesday today because you couldn't make it to the church, why not bring the pastor football in general <laughs> on your phone? Just saying, not a bad idea. That's one way to um, guarantee your spot in heaven. <laughs> or if you're trying to give up something for Lent, give up all other podcasts except for this one. It's just an idea. I, you know, I don't, I don't make any rules. I just suggest things that might that might make sense to you. So, in the future. Like I said, please give us a like, subscribe, and review. Trevor, you got anything to say before I hit the uh, just, end button here? Just that uh, you know, a, as we move on from the uh, the end of the NFL season, I'm getting more and more excited about the XFL. Um, oh, I think nice. every every game this weekend is uh, available on ESPN Plus. 
Uh, most of the games uh, so far scheduled are, are available either on ESPN Plus or FX. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out for that if you're desperate. And, uh, you know, we'll try to try to work in a little bit of that, that league to the podcast, uh, especially as it, as it develops and gets exciting. So it's already been uh, uh, an exciting first week. There's a game going on right now as we record. Um, so more on the XFL to come. Did not know there was a game going on right now, the XFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they no kicked kidding. off uh, about an hour ago. Yeah. Well, I'll be damned. XFL on a Thursday night on FX. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All pretty right. cool. Well, I mean, pretty cool. You know? You know, you got to love these Springer Leagues, man. I mean, there's they're, we're getting kind of saturated with them between that one and the USFL. It's fun. Um, I highly recommend you watch them. Very cool St. Louis Battlehawks game last week. I caught the highlights from, and hopefully I'll be able to watch this this weekend. But... It's it, it's just fun. It's a fun league. It's not really meant to be like as competitive as the NFL. These guys are getting tri- they're getting tryouts, and you see guys like Josh Gordon catching touchdowns. AJ McCarron's out there. Um, some names you might recognize, and honestly, it doesn't even matter if you don't. Just watch the damn game because what what else are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Well, especially really, if you know? you're a big consumer of college football, you're going to see a lot more names from college that didn't make it into the NFL. And uh, maybe they're not headed to the NFL. Maybe this is uh, the peak for them. But who knows? They they could uh, they could develop in this league and, and end up uh, on the big on the big stage. So on field mics too. A lot of on field mics. They got the little camera they had in the original XFL. I don't know if you saw that. The nice. one that goes from end to end, which is yeah. really cool. It's just that's fun, man. Yeah, I don't care if this league doesn't get like a lot of publicity. The Rock owns it, so you know you keep it in the family, right? I'm sure right. you'll see Vin Diesel <laughs> on the field at some point. Um, it it's just a fun league, you know. And just watch it for that, for the sake of that. Don't take it too seriously. Pick a team you want to follow and go from there. So I prefer the. Um, I'm a big Arlington Renegades fan. I'll say it. I, I like their yeah. jerseys a lot. And Ben I'm, uh, I'm in on the uh, the Houston Roughnecks. Okay. So so Being we'll a see. Yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Until next time, man, we'll talk more XFL, some more NFL, and Aaron Rodgers will always be on the agenda. (laughs) Until then, we'll see you then. We're out.